Hello, and welcome to the 15th episode of Strange Fairy Tales. The voice company finally came back from vacation, but the scriptwriter informed me that we won't be needing them today. Anyway, today's fairy tale will be The Shoemaker and the Staff. Once upon a time, in a distant, faraway place, there lived a man. Hmm, that's kind of strange. Most of the characters in the stories are female, which the voice company doesn't really like. They still go by the medieval belief that women cannot be actors. Well, no duh, they can't be actors. They're women, and a person who acts and is female is called an actress. Yeah, I know that, ex-general. Thanks. But the voice company doesn't think women can act, whether they're called actors or actresses. So anyway, my point is, the voice company doesn't have any female voices, and since you can't hold a job when you're a kid, all the teenage boys have to do the girls' voices. Which doesn't really work out all that great. So that's why the voice company doesn't like that most of the characters in our story are female. Well, then you'd think they'd hire some girls. Yeah, I know, you would think that, but the point is, they haven't done it. They aren't in the process of doing it, and they probably never will. Unless they came out of the Dark Ages. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, there was a man who was a famous shoemaker slash designer dude. One pair of his shoes sold for a thousand dollars each. And due to half of the world getting their salaries doubled, thanks to Scrooge, people could suddenly easily afford the man's shoes. His name was Grim R. Eper, more commonly known as the Soul Man. As in, soul like the bottom of shoes, you know. So anyway, Grimm quickly became rich. Extremely rich, that is. But then, poor Grimm found out that he had a deadly, debilitating sickness, and had to stay in bed, and he could not make any shoes. He had to pay for expensive surgeries and medicines to try and cure the disease, and as his fortune depleted, so did his health. Finally, it got to the point that he did not even have enough money to buy food nor the strength to go to the store to actually buy it. Meanwhile, a ways away, the scriptwriter of Strange Fairy Tales decided that it was time for the staff of Strange Fairy Tales to perform a little public service. Hey, everybody! Listen up! I have decided that it is time for us to perform a little public service. We're going to go to Grim R. Eper's house in the dead of the night and make some shoes for him seeing as he can't make any. Do we have to? Doesn't it say we have to in the script? Uh, yeah. Then yes, we have to. Now come on! Uh, guess? I don't know if it's really a good time, but I can't find the keys to my spaceship again. Did you check the silverware drawer? Yeah, I did. And they weren't in there. Uh, how about in your mecha suit? I checked every little pocket, every last secret compartment. Not in there, are you? Did you check the shower, dear? Why would my keys be in the shower? Hmm, I don't know. I'll go check anyway. <laughs> oh, what do you know? I found them. Here, catch. Thanks. Wait a minute. How'd you know they were in there? You hit him, didn't you? Well, no, I didn't. Sure you did. I swear upon the punctuation marks of the Fuzzy Dice Society, I didn't. What? 
It's the most solemn vow she can make. She's been using it all over the place. And I'm proud to say I've never broken it. Well, yeah, that's not too hard when you just came up with it yesterday, now is it? How can I tell that you've never broken it? I swear upon the punctuation marks of the Fuzzy Dice Society, I have not broken it. <sighs> Whatever. Alright, y'all. Let's go. You know, I think this is kind of stupid. We're gonna break into some guy's house in the middle of the night so he can make some shoes. Why don't we just give him money? Because I sure don't know how to make shoes. In fact, I don't think any of us know how to make shoes. Oh, it's simple. I'll teach you. Don't worry. Really, scriptwriter? You know how to make shoes. Well, um... No, but I'll figure it out. Alright, everyone, we're here. Alright, everyone, we need to sneak up real quiet-like and break in. I brought some equipment for everyone. Here's a bag of dark ski masks and rubber gloves so we don't leave fingerprints. And, oh yeah, here's an assortment of flashlights. Oh, no, dear. Those are torches. What? No way. Torches are big wooden sticks that you set on fire. As well as little plastic sticks where you flip a switch and out comes light. It's, uh, British speak. You know how she is. Uh, well, whatever. So are we going? Yeah, yeah come on, on, it's getting cold outside. Okay, everyone, move out. One at a time, please. neighbors. Yeah, he's right. So, we made it to the door. What's next? Uh, we opened the door? Well, yeah, I thought of that too. But it's gotta be locked. Voila! Oh, okay. I guess I was wrong then. Everyone inside. This doesn't feel right. Aren't we breaking and entering? No. Well, we're not breaking, since the door was already open. And we're only entering to do a good deed, so it doesn't count. Anyway, here's the workshop. Since you can't see, this being an audio-only podcast, I think it would be appropriate if I narrated. Yeah, that'd be good. <clears throat> so, we're now all walking into Grim R. Eper's workshop. There's stacks of leather everywhere and needles of all sizes. Strangely, I don't see a pair of scissors anywhere. I guess he just uses that scythe out there on the wall to cut the leather. Yeah, everyone, we'll just pass it around. Now for a scriptwriter's note. So we worked, and we worked, and we worked some more. When we were done, none of the pairs of shoes resembled a pair of shoes. The two shoes in each pair didn't even resemble each other. One of Fred's shoes looked like it would drip right off the table. And the other one, which was the first one she made, had gouges all over it. Because she hadn't quite gotten used to the size. Uh, excuse me? 
I'm the narrator, I'll narrate here. But it's a script writer's note. I'll narrate anyway. So anyway, my shoes... Well, one looked like a shoe made for an elephant. You know, more like a clay pot than anything else. Well, a clay pot made of leather, but you get the point. And the second one was another dripper, like Fred's. As for the scriptwriter's shoes, one of them just looked like a pile of scrap leather. He, again, was unused to using the scythe instead of a pair of scissors. The ex-generals and toucan sams were just as bad, if not worse. So anyway, we admired our handiwork for a while, and then we heard a voice. Come. What did you say, ex-general? I didn't say anything. Oh, yes, you did. I swear upon the punctuation marks of the Fuzzy Dice Society that it wasn't me. Oh, okay. Stop dilly-dallying and come up the stairs! You know, this guy kinda sounds like the monster cookie. But it can't be. We fried it! True. I am not the monster cookie. I am death. Oh dear. We're not going to die, are we? No, not today. But come, I am on my deathbed. And, uh, where's that? In my death bedroom, up my death stairs. Oh, Shinnecast, let's go. Now just follow the beautiful sound of my voice. <coughs> my voice. So, I guess we should have known from your name that you were death, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Grim Reaper. And from the scythe, too. So, why do you make shoes, death? Well, I've got to make a living. Or a dying. Whatever. And I figured since I'm the S-O-U-L man, I could be the S-O-L-E man, too. I am the sole soul man who is a soul man on the side. At least in this universe. Right. <coughs> but I might not be for long. I really am on my deathbed, and I might not be around for much longer. So I'm glad you're here, scriptwriter. I figured you could write me back into good health. Death is dying? How does that work? I don't know. But seeing as you are the controller of this universe, you can help me. I don't mean to be rude, but wouldn't it be a good thing for you to die? Then nobody else would. Yeah, but, Fred, you gotta remember, if nobody died, the population of the universe would keep on growing and growing, and we wouldn't have anywhere to put everybody. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good, a good point. point. From my experience, it's hard to conquer and or colonize the entire universe. And what will we do when the universe filled up? Yeah. Death is a necessary evil. I resent that. Couldn't we just leave it at necessary? Oh, sure. Sorry. Death is necessary. Well, I guess I could write you back into good health. Got any paper? Yeah, look on my death dresser. There should be pens there, too. Alright. Aha, here we go. Let's see. Death became better immediately, and rose from his deathbed, and stood on his death 
floor for the first time in several weeks. Oh, thank you. I feel fit as a fiddle now. Fit as a futon? No. Fiddle. No. Futon. Fiddle. Futon. Fiddle. Futon. Fiddle. Futon. Fiddle. Futon. Um, yeah. The end. Well, kind of. <laughs> There's still a few loose ends to tie up. So we explained to Death how we made shoes for him. And Death went down to his workshop to see. When he saw the shoes that we had made, he laughed and he laughed, tears rolling down his face and for a bit, it looked like he would die from laughter. But the scriptwriter quickly grabbed a pencil and some paper and wrote him to stop laughing. Now you might be wondering why it would be so bad if Death died, because the scriptwriter could just write him back from the dead. So I need to explain, of course, that if Death died, there would be no such thing as the dead to bring him back from. So, you get the point. Anyway, after Death stopped laughing, he said that he would sell the shoes on eBay as modern art. And he did. And he made a whole bunch of money off them, too. About $1.5 million for each pair. So then, he kept what money he needed to get his shoemaking business up and running, and donated the rest to charity. Don't you think his selfless act deserves applause? If you do, you're right. And if you don't, too bad, because you may now clap.